Are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 461, a.k.a. year 9, week 37, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with... MC and... KS. And since this is your regularly scheduled Saturday broadcast, uh, we do that on the old clubhouse. You can find us there. The club is The Anarchist Experience, or the house uh, is The Anarchist Experience, or you can at me, at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S... The number four, R-I-C-H, and I will click the little button to invite you into the club or the house when we go live. Um, yeah, what is going on with you guys this week? Um, I was really disappointed, offended, uh, <laughs> pissed off at what Elon Musk had to say. Oh, no. His Twitter finally did it. Okay, um, go on, because I, I've gotten no love for Elon generally. <laughs> But let's, let's yeah, gen- generally, generally I, I like him. I think he, I think he's, I, uh, most of the time I think he's telling the truth. Um, so what he said, uh, I'll just read you the tweet. It's really, really short. The only action needed to solve climate change is a carbon tax. Ooh. No, did he say this? <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, that's a boost for Tesla then, right? Is it just a... Uh, sort of. I mean, he still needs fossil fuels to run his factories. So I don't see, you know... Yep. Anyway, I, I think s- some of that is just... Don't they already uh, have a carbon tax? I thought that was already like a thing. People paying down their carbon it, footprint, it, or is it not a real tax? Is he just pandering to the to the... Do the critics on the left then? I I don't know. I don't it, since there's no context with that. It's it's just like throwing it out there and seeing what people think. Almost, it, he doesn't seem like the type that would pander to the left, especially given his history. But well, but, but he he started he started Tesla with the idea that climate change is a crisis. Okay, well well there, then that's in alignment with his core beliefs then. Sure, okay. that's why I say he's probably not lying. Um, but he's also said in the past, well, some people think, you know, CO2 is, is good for the planet. And so he has ta- at least listened to uh, both sides of the debate. But the biggest problem is, there, is that in the media, there's not really a debate. Like nobody will allow open uh, discussion about it. Uh, nobody will debate uh, people who are actually knowledgeable about the, uh, the situation. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, my response was, you lost me, Elon. The only action needed is nuclear, or in other words, deregulation of thorium reactors. And then the next part of it is CO2 is the gas of life and has limited heating effects after 400 parts per million. And so from, from zero to 200 parts per million, uh, CO2 does a whole heck of a lot of warming. Okay. And, but after that, it kind of maxes out its potential because uh, the frequencies that it traps 
is, a, is in a narrow band. And once you get 100% of that, well, it doesn't really do anymore until you just increase the, the atmospheric pressure of, you know, all the gases, on, you know, that make up the atmosphere. Okay. And, and, and that takes a whole heck of a lot more than parts per million. You would be talking about percentages of the atmosphere, which uh, we're not going to get to ever. Yeah, and I've, I've, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the uh, bandwagon of like more plants, right? Sure. More trees. I know that it's, it's what is it, the sea algae or whatever that produces most of the oxygen mm-hmm. for the planet or whatever. But you know, tre- trees people see, right? And and trees provide cover for a lot of other living things and shade. Yeah. <clears throat> so. And food and yeah. biodiversity. I mean, it's, yeah. Right. So there, if, you, so if I the CO2 some... is too high, you plant more trees, you know, and then the trees eat it and give us oxygen back. Like that's, yeah. that's the which, cycle, man. Yeah, which is good, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really stop uh, CO2 from rising because there's, it's kind of like a, there's, there's no, um, on, on long term, trees are not, are not carbon sinks because they die and they release the CO2 again okay, so, or, or they burn, right? So um, the only way, the, you know, throughout millions of years, the only reason CO2 got trapped is because of, uh, uh, well, mainly in, in marshy areas, which there are more of them if there's more CO2. Um, but layers and layers and layers of life dying and get, getting compacted, making, you know, layers in the Earth's crust and getting compressed over time. And so that's that's how CO2 got out of the atmosphere was life. Okay. So life started when there was a whole lot of CO2 and over millions of years CO2 got trapped. I don't know whether whether or not that's a good thing or not it depends on, you know, your perspective. But all the CO2, the you know, the gas of life got trapped underground and now we're kind of releasing it back into the atmosphere. Now uh so there's hundreds of millions of years and then there's like 30 millions of years ago. So like 30 million million years ago, what happened was CO2 was really high and it was going down. And when it when it got down to around 800 parts per million, that's at a time when ice started forming around the uh, Arctics. Okay. And during that time, there was a mass extinction event because CO2 was falling. And so now we're at half of the 800 parts per million. And so if you want more life on planet Earth, probably, you know, 800 would be the minimum to shoot for, um, well, anything uh, anything above two thousand probably isn't really good for humans, but the, we're we're a long way away from either of those. Those that want to harm us don't want more life on Earth, right? That's oh sure, that's the conspiracy <laughs> theory part. Yeah, right? you're the but, carbon they want to eliminate. <laughs> <laughs> there there are a few of those out there, but but mostly it's just a panic because. Um, in, in the short-term history, CO2 has uh, spiked a lot okay. com- compared to the last, you know, 100,000 years. Like even the Georgia so, Guidestones, for what it's worth, it said like, you know, the max capacity of Earth should be like 500 million or something like that Yeah, whatever. before it was taken. What you say, whatever, but no one knows there, where that thing came from and or who put it yeah. up. Yeah, a bunch of crazy people. Crazy people who knew a bunch of languages. Well, KS's book is in... 58 <laughs> <Okay>. languages. <laughs> he's not too. He's all. not too crazy. But. 
But yeah, I mean, I I get it. You know, if if it's if it's part of Elon's core belief structure, right? Then you don't you know you don't have to get conspiratorial as to why he would say it. Like we can take issue with the carbon taxes because, you know, it's then it's just pay to play, right? Yeah. Well, that's why I offered a different solution. Okay. Um, what a carbon tax does is it makes really expensive for the average person. So if you look at energy in Germany, it's super expensive. They're getting rid of, or they were trying to get rid of coal and nuclear, um, and that's just dumb. And and so rather than hurting people, if you want to put your money towards something, then put your money towards nuclear. And that not only does it not emit carbon, the, the thing that they're afraid of, but it can be cheaper, especially if you get the government out of the way. Yeah. And and with the thorium plants, the the, the advantage of that is it burns the nuclear waste. And so okay. it, it actually can burn waste that's already here that we need to deal with some, some way. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to mention there, There's waste in, in, in uh, Missouri, um, you know, not too far from where I lived, that that you know is causing problems to people and they're like oh what do we do with this <laughs> you know? well the the um opponents of nuclear will always bring up the catastrophic nature of anything going wrong right like look what happened in chernobyl and fukushima sure right? until they get that under control there's no reason to advance the technology forward because the risk is too great should something yeah. go wrong but what if i told you that with a thorium plant you can make it so where it can't melt down and, and it doesn't require cooling. Okay. I mean, that's a, I, right now, I would consider that an extraordinary claim because I don't know enough about thorium. I know you've been following yeah. it for years. Yeah, so so basically, because it doesn't require a huge uh, uh, pressure vessel, it can run at hot temps instead of low temps. Okay. So you, so you don't need to pressurize it. Um, so you don't need a huge structure. So that's already one advantage. Okay. And the you next, know who next needs to advantage. hear about this? Javier Millet. Oh, yeah. Um, like, tweet that motherfucker. He, that, that's probably a little ways away for, Why? for Argentina because they don't have the money. They can't, they can't fund it. They don't need to fund it. Part of his whole thing is come and bring your investment to Argentina. You just need someone willing to, like, fund it there. Right? Well, like, there's there's not enough money in the economy yet. So I, I'm thinking, you know, five years from now, when when Argentina is really hopping because you know their economy's roaring back, um, sure, definitely. Why? But did, it's just a little. It's just premature. For, forgive me. Why does Argentina need the money? Uh, that, well, there has to be a population that 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 uh, can can afford the the investment. I mean, it's. What you can have foreign investment, man. That's that's what he's asking for. At least that's the way I heard it. it yeah, all the you one entrepreneurs way that would, come to Argentina. That, yeah, the one way that would work is if he said, "Hey, we're we're not going to regulate it. Just just bring it in and and do it, and then they'll use that as a proving ground." Yeah, I thought that was the point. Is he not doing stuff like that? Seems he like is. his thing. Okay. Yeah. So some so, someone who wants to build a thorium reactor. Right, ought to reach out to Argentina and say, "Hey, we can solve all your energy problems. Oh yeah, just let us build this thing. You know, it's part of your plan to open up the markets. Right? We they, don't. They probably ask for Argentine money. They probably don't have uh, energy problems. They have a they have a government problem. And so, j just by freeing up 
the the oil industry in Argentina, their their energy problems are going to disappear, and they're probably not even going to think about nuclear for a while. Well, how unfortunate that he would you know keep out com- competition then. Well, I, don't, I don't think he would. It's just okay. I, I don't think it's it's prob it's probably not on their priorities at the moment. Well, it should be then. So if, if he wants I, if he wants to really free the market and and make Argentina the proving ground again, even even if they have all that oil, right? The oil can just be an export because sure. be, because they're running on thorium. Where they go like, oh, we've got all this oil to sell now because we don't need it because we've advanced our technology well beyond the need for this fossil fuels. I'm, just, I'm with you on that. Just like all you <laughs> leftists want, right? Yeah, that, that would be great. Um, I will send him a tweet. There you go. <laughs> but I, I already tweeted to Elon, and uh, let's see how many yeah, people Elon, have seen it. Elon Ten has hope. To- Ten whole people have seen my tweet. <laughs> Elon has to go through whatever government regulations are here in the United States, which we know well, are onerous beyond belief. The, the right. thing is, he is quite powerful. If if he said, "Hey, instead of a carbon tax, we need to de- deregulate nuclear," then there's there's a 50, 50 chance that that things would start swinging in that direction. Okay. But if he says, "Oh, well, we just need a carbon tax," it's like, dude, you really want the government to have more money? Like, what are you thinking, dude? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this is the other reason why I'm not necessarily an Elon fan um, is he he generally takes the government handouts, right? He's not the libertarian hero. I don't have all oh, the sure. examples that I used to, but, you know, like that's that's been his thing. Yeah. And yeah. So, so does he want the government to have more money? Well, if he's going to get a cut of it, why not? If you if if everyone has to pay a carbon tax. And Tesla gets carbon credits, and 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 can cash in those credits for money that people have paid the carbon tax for, right? Then it's then it's just a transfer of wealth from Elon's uh, competition to Elon th- through the intermediary of the government and the carbon taxes that he's asking for. So d- does he want it? Probably is is he does he think that in good faith? Most likely based on what you just said, right? But will he also benefit from it? Uh, with his, with with Tesla and, and everything else, sure, because he'll get he'll cash in the credits because he doesn't need them and isn't using them. Then he's just being subsidized in a roundabout way, right? Like that's also oh, yeah. within his purview. Sure. And again, I I bring up Argentina only because like if if Malay gets his way, right? And and so far, I'm gonna say like so good. You know, most most of what I read has been positive, albeit some things have been negative. But if if he gets his way, right, Argentina could be the proving ground for any number of technologies, you know, energy or otherwise, just by moving your investment there, right? Like we, if he's if he's true to his word about deregulating, you know, and getting the government out and and inviting entrepreneurs in, you know, you're you're basically getting in at the ground floor. Um, because right now the economy is still kind of in shambles down there. And so you would be in, you know, you'd be square one on the rebuilding phase, um, when it, when, if, and when it does pick up to, you know, the, uh, a world power economy based on free market principles. Yeah. It's quite funny. The, the interview with Malay, um, the, the, the interviewer was, was asking him about, about China, and he's like, you know, I, I would not promote 
uh, trade with China. Yeah. But the free market in Argentina can trade with China all they want. I just, the government's just not going to make a deal with them. Yeah. I mean, if that hurts their feelings, so what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say accidentally on purpose, listen to his uh, World Economic Forum speech twice. And right. I say I, I say accidentally on purpose because uh, uh, Gardner Goldsmith's show on the Free Talk Live Network uh, aired it in full, and mm-hmm. then through some sort of snafu on the editing side of things, um, they aired the same show two weeks in a row. And so as I was listening to it the second week, you know, just to make sure it was all the same, it's like, oh, yep, yeah, exactly the same because they played it again. I'm like, I'm just going to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like a- again, the rhetoric is good. Like, I like, I like what I hear, uh, and he admitted, you know, that there are certain things that I can do and certain things I can't do yet, and certain things that, you know, the, the anarcho-capitalist folks out there are just going to have to wait until I'm able to do them, uh, but then they will see, right, that I am true to my word, and, you know, I'm, I'm in the waiting and seeing portion of that right now as far as, you know, what's, what's possible. But if you're, if, you're an, if you're an entrepreneur and you believe it, Right, and you're not counting on uh, state investment or local investment. You know that's that's you know that's a that's a good place to get in because as it picks up, right, as the economy picks up and those people become more wealthy, right, then you're going to have customers already there instead of having to export everything. But we'll see. That's you know, that's what I think is possible. Now I will also say one of the things I don't like about Elon running X or Twitter right now is um, him forcing his tweets on everyone <clears throat> I know you subscribe I know you subscribe to his channel and I, I don't mean you know I don't mean force in a bad way but uh, all of my Twitter ch- uh, profiles that I have um, I won't get into it again here I told you guys off air uh, every time Elon tweets I get a notification on every one of them that Elon has tweeted and on none of them am I subscribed to his channel like it's a it's a recommended for you. Uh, like no, it's not. You're recommending it to everybody. I know you recommended it to everybody because <laughs> every Twitter profile I have, I have is like distinct, uh, specific purposes, you know, for things that I follow. And you know, because of my diverse interests, there's there's not a lot of overlap there. There's I don't know a lot of people with the exact same interests as me, so it can't be. You know, it can't just be specific to these particular industries, Elon. You're you're pushing your crap out on everybody, and you know, like back. Well, in- you, you could you could block just his profile, but you probably still hear about it. <laughs> well, pro- well, yeah, and, and and can you? Right, I'm sure you know he's mm-hmm. he's got he's got control of that. Even if I were to block him, if he cared, he could just unblock. Right? No, but- you you can block him. I, I get that you can, but he has he has the uh, the keys for the master controls, right? Sure, but yeah. he, he he probably doesn't care if individuals block him. I get it. He's, he's got millions of followers. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's a separate issue than him having the master. If he wants, well, you know, s- somebody's going to have the controls. <laughs> you know. Well, like we, you know, like that that uh, I have all, I have all alerts and alarms. And notifications turned off on my phone, right? But that presidential alert still got through. Oh no! <laughs> and I have, there's there's no there's no way to block it, right? Like that just gets through. I went okay, you know, like I I went 
I made sure, because I don't like getting any of those things, I made sure that when I set up my new phone, I turned all of those off. Like there's there's no option for me to select that will stop, block, or otherwise not be notified when the president wants to tell me something. And that's, you know, that's a little bit more invasive because it's it's the president and it's the government and it's on my, you know, it's on my phone and I don't have control like I do over Twitter. Um, but as a Twitter user on the platform, right, Elon has that same power. If he wants to tell you something, it will be in your feed. And 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 if you and if you take the steps to block him, like I did with the presidential alerts, right, he could bypass that if he willed it. You know, if he cared enough to do it, he has the power and controls to do it. Whether or not he exercises it is a completely different issue. Whether or not he wants to is a completely different issue uh, than that he can. And that's all I'm saying. Like, if, if you got that many followers, Elon, you don't need to be tweeting notifications to people who don't want to follow you. Right? We know who you are. If we wanted to know what you have to say, we'd already be subscribed to your channel. Right. I don't there's there's I don't know if you could interview people on the street who don't know of, heard of, or are aware of Elon Musk. Right? He's like he's got that that level of celebrity. So yeah, there's my two cents on Twitter. Anything else going on? I don't have a lot of headlines this week, but we can get into them if you get if there's nothing else. All right. Do you have anything? No. No, no, no news. What, no news is good news. <laughs> well, let's see. The big news that I followed this week uh, was the French uh, farmer protests, which I thought was uh, hilarious because the farmers are complaining about all that competition from other countries that's so much lower priced, and they're outraged that their government is allowing people to, in there in France to choose cheaper food, and um, they shouldn't be allowed that. It should be. <clears throat> compelled to uh, to pay the higher food prices so farmers can keep producing um, wheat and milk in France no matter what happens. <laughs> were the Frenchies the one where the farmers were digging up the roads? Yeah, okay. and pouring manure all over and <laughs> and dumping uh, loads of uh, of good crops, you know, tomatoes and and um, other stuff all over the highways to block the traffic and. Um, <clears throat> It's, um, you know, here the, the government has put up trade sanctions on Russia, so that means their fuel prices go up. So the farmers get upset, okay, we have to pay higher food fuel prices, <coughs> and we have to accept grain from Ukraine. All of it's in support of the Ukrainian war, but then uh, the farmers get all upset because we can't afford it. Yeah. Of course, the French government also has various rules on how they can uh, farm, you know, they have to farm, um, you know, with all these regulations on what kind of fer fertilizer and, and fuel that they use, which raises their cost. This is all the self-imposed by the government, and and it would um, it'd be ended if they just allowed people to sell products from Africa and from Latin America instead. But they, everybody's got, I mean, it seems like there's an overwhelming sympathy that we must be sovereign in our in our production of of food at home, and uh, and then of course they'll they'll unload their their surpluses in other countries, ruining the farmers in other countries. That's the yeah. the biggest hypocrisy, you know. 
generally, I love me a good French protest. Like, they protest better than anywhere else in the world. I just don't generally like their reasons for protest. Oh, yeah. Their their reasons are always very socialistic uh, uh, mentality. Uh, They they won't fight for freedom. They'll fight for more of other people's stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, The previous protest was over um, raising the retirement age from like 60 to 62. Yeah. And uh, how how outrageous that the government should uh, raise the retirement age. Yeah, but they went all out for those protests too. Like there was Oh yeah, nationwide violence they, and riots like they all yes. support each other, you know. It's just it's sort of like uh the labor unions in this country even though labor might be hurt by let's say the Jones Act, um they'll support it because there's there's a worker at a shipyard in Mississippi that may have a job because they're not allowed to buy ships from other countries. So the longshoremen in this state or the sugar workers in this state stand with them, even though it hurts their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, the, the illogic of all of this um, mutual union support. Yeah. And there, I've seen tweets on, you know, with, from union people as well as like, you know, I work on the union shop floor making 15 bucks an hour and I'm not going to be upset if the burger flippers also make 15 bucks an hour. Like good for you, bro. I'm like, you, yeah, who's you, paying for it? It comes out of your pocket anyway. Well, yeah. Well, you, he, they say that, right? Yeah. But there's, you know, there's a dis- who's going to work, you know, who's going to do the hard labor, the 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 uh, the dangerous labor of working in, you know, like the the factories and whatnot, and you know, the mines when the when they could just go apply to flip the burgers, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's. Much like most people I talk to who aren't within the Liberty community, it's the second, third, and fourth level uh, effects that don't get taken into consideration, right? Okay, you can be happy for them, but it affects everything, you know? If it's forced, if it's, you know, like, again, here in New Hampshire, we're on the federal minimum wage, um, and so, you know, it appears as though the minimum wage is seven twenty-five an hour here, uh, but the effective minimum wage is well above 15 at this point. Like you just, there's, you know, the, the McDonald's index, the Dunkin' Donuts index is well above 15 in, in most places, um, for wages to, you know, and my job, <clears throat> my current job, uh, we run a telemarketing office and you make fun of that all you want. I don't care. Um, but they try to hire telemarketers at $12 an hour. And I keep telling them that you're not going to get people in this office for $12 an hour anymore. Like that. That, t- that time has come and gone, regardless of what the owner thinks, you know. And so we hire remote workers, and we advertise in depressed areas where $12 an hour seems like a good deal, right? If, you know. Well, India. <laughs> well, and we, we've tried the, the Philippines. Philippines. Yeah. yeah. Here's the yeah. problem. Um, are you familiar with the term WASP, W-A-S-P? The white Anglo-Saxon Protestant? Yes. Okay. That's the target market. And yeah. those fuckers don't like hearing foreign voices. So if you have if you have an accent, right, you are getting nowhere on the phone with these people. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you know, with the sometimes the Filipinos were able to set appointments. Um, they they set appointments commensurate with their pay. Uh, that is to pay, say that they we paid them so much less than a regular telemarketer um, mm-hmm. that when they underperformed significantly. 
mm-hmm. uh, it didn't matter all that much because their pay was so drastically less. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, it goes like, "Yep, this is not working." Like the you know, they don't they don't do that well, you know, to justify burning through that many uh, leads when we can just hire some white people to do the work, um, or at least people without accents. Yeah, because even in this country, you'll get lots of accents. You get yeah. Southern drawl and Texas yep. and Alabama and and know, and so. we've we put a job outs out in those places, and we've had people from those places. And generally, we go like, okay, you know, we're going to give you a shot, but be aware, you have an accent, and you know that is that is an obstacle you're going to have to overcome, right? And but it's not going to disqualify you from the job. Right, we're not. We are not discriminating against you based on your accent, but our customers will. So, just consider. I had a job once what? where I had to talk to people from the the Northeast and New York City, especially. Yeah. And uh, uh, one of the comments I made to him was like, "Why? Why do you guys always sound like you're rude or or whatever?" Because <laughs> we are. And, well, immediately this this woman's voice changed, and and she started talking without her her thick accent. And I was like, "Oh, so you weren't talking rude before?" But <laughs> so she was trying to hide it. It's like, okay, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but it's just funny when you point it out to people; they can they can change their uh, their accent a little bit and uh, sound a little bit more professional. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> That's that's part well, of the training. I think even in India and the Philippines, there are companies who do a lot of screening, um, careful screening to get only employees that with with a good uh, good accent too. So it's uh, it's a matter of how uh, you you can find them there too. Yeah, uh, and they've countries. they've solicited us and more. we've tried yeah. them out and oh, it's still you more. can tell, man. There's there's certain words right that. Even with with their best American accent, right? Like they mm-hmm. don't say the word properly, and then it's a dead giveaway. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, okay. mm-hmm. and I, you know, this is a completely separate issue. But I, there's a, a interview with a former UFC champion um, from Poland, and so like you look at her name and you hear them pronounce it, and you go like, "There's no fucking way," you know. There's there's way too many J's and D's and Z's and K's for it to sound like that, um, but that's what it is, man. And so they're you know they're in, they were interviewing her. I forget you know on something about pronunciations, and she said you guys just can't do it. And I go, I go what do you mean we can't do it? And he goes well, you haven't grown up right in such a way where your mouth moves like that, like you're uh, you're incapable of forming your mouth to the necessary shape to make these sounds. All right, well, and, well then that's it then. It's, you, I'm just gonna have an accent when I say those words, right? And then it's the same for the, you know, the Filipinos that we've worked with. Um, you know, when I was back in Hawaii doing the uh, um, personal assistant work, we, we, we had people in India. And even that, you know, there, there, was, ob- there was an obvious accent that no matter how hard they tried. I went to school with a, uh, with a kid who was of Indian descent, and his name was Nirmal, N-I-R-M-A-L. And when he got on the phones to talk to white people in Spokane, Washington, right, he just said, this is Norm, in his best, you know, American accent possible, 
but you could tell, you know, they knew they were speaking to an Indian kid, regardless of how bad he wanted them to think otherwise. And so that's, you know, that's just, that's just the way it is here. Um, but again, you know, straight way off topic, the, 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 the wage issue associated with it is, you know, the white people up here, like, won't work for it anymore. Like, you know, the, the, the effective wage has surpassed the federal minimum that the, the federal minimum is as irrelevant as you'd want it to be. Um, but I hear stories from my boss about, like, the good old days of how this room was filled with telemarketers and how well everyone was doing. I go, yeah, well, now you just don't pay enough. You know, and he goes, well, you don't know that. I go, I do. You know how I know? <laughs> you, want, you know how I, I, I tell, you know how I know? Because every time you ask me to run like a, a remote job ad, you know, in some foreign depressed place, you know, for whatever, jo- for the job, right? I surreptitiously post a local ad for the same thing. And we get zero response on the local ad mm-hmm. because no one around here is going to work for it, man. Like, I, I have run the comparables and the test. I just didn't tell you I did it. Hmm. It's like, post one for the, you know, post one for the in-house ads. Already done, man. Nobody's applying. The, 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 and, and the owner won't budge. So I go, well, we just, we hire remote people in depressed areas, sometimes with funny accents that don't do us any good. And that's just the way it is. It's funny when I, I, I read student comments about the minimum wage. I say, well, what should be the legal, legal minimum wage? Uh, and they say, oh, my gosh, it's got to be really high um, or, or else w- employers will just pay them a penny. <laughs> That's what they think. Employers will just pay them a penny. Maybe they won't even pay them at all. And I think, well, you know, how many people will work for that? Um, yeah. And even if they and if they do, they're doing it for a reason. They're trying to get experience or something. You know, they, they should be allowed to work for nothing if they want to, but it, it's nothing about rights. It's always about how the government can has to step in and control and regulate. Yeah. That's that's in everything. Well, and it, it's, it's so here's another quick story about me at work, um, again, because it adds a little bit of, you know, perspective to the situation. So occasionally, the boss will have me go on the phones and do telemarketing. And I have no problem with it. I'm good at it. I'm, I'm better than uh, all but like maybe one of our best telemarketers statistically. Like I get on the phone and I'm good at what I do. Goes without saying, but I said it anyway. And several months ago, like I got on the phone, um, you know, in, in the few hours that I was working, um, I set three appointments. Um, the sales guys ran all three appointments and all three appointments sold. And two of them eventually canceled. Um, but before we knew that they canceled, and that's that you know that's on the sales guy. That's not on me. Like my job was, like superb, start to finish. Um, before they canceled, you know the sales numbers were high enough that if I were a regular telemarketer, um, I would have gotten like a substantial bonus on top of the commissions that I would get for the sales. And I went, hey, I can't wait to get that bonus. Um, and so my boss talked to the owner. And the owner said, well, he doesn't get the telemarketing. He doesn't get the bonus. I go, well, if I'm going to act like a telemarketer, like I, I should get the telemarketing bonus, you know. And so for the last, you know, the last few times that my boss tried to get me on the phones, I just said no. You know, like, oh, now's the time to renegotiate pay, right? Like, let's talk about this. <laughs> and 
He tried it again this week. He's like, I'm going to put you on the phones. Like, we we need our guys to have, like, a morale boost. So I'm going to put you on the phones for four hours, and they're just going to compete with you. And I went, all right, let's talk about this. I was like, what do you mean? I go, I want the bonus. You know, if, if I'm going to be on the phones and I'm going to be making sales, you know, and they're big sales, I want the bonus. And he goes, well, you know the owner already said no to that. I go, I know. You know, and he, and he goes, like, and you know I have I don't have the power to grant it to you, right? I go, I know. I said, but I do have the power to tell you no until you do. You know? <laughs> and he's like, you're right. So go do this instead. And I just, I wasn't on the phone. It's like, you know, we, we are at an impasse. And next time he brings it up, it's going to be that and a raise, you know. To, you know, because like, hey, that was, that was the deal four months ago. You know, here's the new deal. I'll continue to say no until you give me, you know, what I think I've earned, deserve, want, whatever. And, you know, and, and that's, and generally, right, I think that, you know, other work, other workers in general have that kind of control um, if they're willing to work elsewhere, right? And we have one telemarketer who won't work elsewhere. Like, she likes the flexibility of the job. She hates the pay, but she works her butt off to get, you know, she's always asking for a raise and they're, they're you know, occasionally will throw a bone her way. Um, but she has made it perfectly clear to everyone that she cannot do any other job. I'm like, if that's your position, man, you're not going to get a raise because there's no reason to give you one. <laughs> there's no threat. You have no bargaining power, you know. Any, anything you get after this is, you know, like a, you know, a gratuity, a bone being thrown your way. It's not earned, deserved or anything. It's just they feel bad for you. It's a sympathy raise. You know, if you can't, if you can't do, if you're not willing to, you know, if you have no negotiating power there. And, you know, obviously she doesn't like hearing that. And I go, well, what do you want me to do about it? You're the, you're the one who keeps saying you're not going to quit this job, but you want more money. And there's no reason to give you more money because... It is what it is. Um, but, in you know, and then, you know, we have we have meetings. And in the meetings, they, you know, they, they talk about, like, how, how we're supposed to entice customers or prospects to take an appointment. And one of the tricks that we tell them to take an appointment is, well, the vendors are going to be raising prices two or three times this year. And then it's going to cost us more to get materials. And so you want to avoid that pr price increase, you know, when our vendors raise prices. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, labor should raise their price too then, right? Mm -hmm. if, if, if materials can raise their price three to four times a year at will, and the company has no choice but to pay it, else, you know, they got to go find a different vendor, right? Then certainly labor can do the same. They just don't because they don't think they have that type of power or control, Right. If they, if, you know, I'm not suggesting that they unionize, but if they all said like, you know, and, and, and again, because of how difficult it is to recruit because the owner won't raise the, you know, won't raise the starting pay, right. It's, it's, it's going to be hard to fill those seats and the whole company falls apart. Um, if they're not generating leads, like if, if they don't write, if they don't set appointments, sales guys have nothing to run and then nothing sells and then installers don't have work and they'll go work for some other company that has work for them to do, right? So there's there's quite a bit of power in their little seat, even though they feel like they're at the bottom of the totem pole, and they just don't exercise it. But they could, right? 
Vendors raise the price, labor raises the price. Same thing, right? It's a cost. It's a cost going into the company, right? The owner is quick to cut costs when it comes to labor, but he won't switch vendors, right? There's a lot there. They just don't do it. Got headlines? I do. Headline, without the state, who'd drag us into other people's wars? <laughs> uh, headline, IRS collected half a billion dollars in back taxes from delinquent millionaires in 2023, sentencing some to prison. Um, I, I will caveat this headline because I read the headline and then I read the source and the source for that headline is the Good News Network, right? Which is supposed to only be positive news. Like their whole shtick is we don't do the negative news mm -hmm. or whatever. <laughs> right? So this was, well, they viewed it as positive. They right? viewed it as positive. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. God's arm headline, God's army border truck convoy falls flat amid right-wing honeypot paranoia, a report. Uh, headline, Portland requires homeowners to get permits to remove trees knocked on their homes by winter storms. Uh, that's Portland, Oregon. And finally, headline, Honolulu police chief fired for, oh, not chief, Honolulu police fired for buying gun parts, domestic violence, and not activating body cam. So any of those jump out at you? Mm. Um, yeah, one of them I didn't understand anything about the honeypot and the God's Army. What, what was that one about? All right. So this is a this is an immigration issue and it has to deal with the border wall. So let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. God's Army border truck convoy falls flat amid, amid right wing honeypot paranoia. A report from Raw Story. Uh, God's Army is in quotes. The God's Army trucker convoy. Uh, hold on one second. Where was this? This is, uh, this is from January 29th. So earlier this week. The God's Army trucker convoy that's headed to the southern border in a take our border back campaign has been decimated by conspiracy theories that it's an FBI front. Vice News reported Monday. So that's, a, you know, that's your it's, it's a whole bunch of truckers headed down to the border. Um, to stop the illegals from crossing like that's that's what their goal is Excuse me. The line of trucks that departed Virginia Beach Monday had just a few dozen participants much less than the 700,000 organizers had promised mm -hmm. According to vice's report the less than stellar turnout was likely due to theories circulating in right-wing circles that the convoy could be a psyop or a honeypot trap laid by the federal government to coax people into committing violence. I have three former associates doing lengthy prison sentences because of the January 6th setup, one person wrote on Telegram. I know firsthand, even if they don't have charges that they can pin on you, they will make some up. One of the organizers of the convoy, former military commander Pete Chambers, even gave credence to the conspiracy theory in a video message to supporters telling FBI agents that if they start going after these people, trying to trap them, you're going to be found out. There's too much momentum on the other side, bro, so just let it go. Stop working for that entity. They're just going to tear you down. They're going to use you like Kleenex, just like they did to me, Chambers said. Uh, from Vice News, organizers of the convoy who include QAnon, world influencers, 
and anti-vaxxers characterized the demonstration as an army of God and have spent the last couple days putting out PR fires and trying to distance themselves from any possible future unrest or bad optics. No, we are not militia-friendly, wrote Christina Holbrook, a.k.a. Thought Criminals, who is an admin for the Convoy's Texas Telegram channel. Uh, Holbrook had also participants to leave their long guns at home. Uh, and that's the end of this article, and then they have a link to the full uh, report over at Vice News. But that's that's the general idea. Um, any any questions on what they were doing? Were they actually going to take their trucks to the border and 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 do what? Uh, I think the plan find... was to line it up across the border. And, you know, that's that's an awful lot of trucks. <laughs> well, they were gosh. expecting seven hundred thousand. I don't. I, I'm not going to do the math. My gosh. I mean, and at the same time, you know, thousands of tourists and business people and visitors are coming into the airports. Uh, and they don't bother with them. And they're after the ones who are so desperately poor that they can't afford those visas and and all. And because they're a, such a threat. My gosh, how insecure and... and um, Desperate these people are to find a cause, find some issue uh, to blame their lives on. Mm. Well, yes and no. So here's one thing that is certain. Um, a migration movement can change the landscape of politics. Is that fair? Uh, well, yeah. It has throughout okay. history, sure. Okay. And it's it's also the theory that the Free State Project is founded on, of which I am... Uh, a signer and mover. Like I'm, I up and moved from Hawaii to New Hampshire um, to participate in that. And, you know, I'm here now in New Hampshire. Like I, ha mm -hmm. I have moved, uh, but I'm not as big of a threat as uh, Free State Project movers who vote, right? Because I, mm -hmm. I don't do that either. Mm -hmm. um, so when, when the issue of immigration comes up, the fear from those on the right, right, the, the, the right-wing conspiracy theorist, mm. is that what will happen is, is the Democrats, the left, will allow all these immigrants in, right? They will give them voting rights, and they will vote Democrat for life. Now, is that possible? Yes. Plausible? Man, maybe not. But that's that's the working theory, right? Like, you know, the, the man who steals from Peter to pay Paul can always count on Paul's support, right? So if, they, if they're coming in and they're illegal and they're getting the welfare and they're voting Democrat so they get more welfare and they don't have to work and, and their situation is improved upon that which they left, they're not going to be compelled to vote conservative or right wing or, you know, as, especially with the amount of hate thrown at them by conservatives on the right. Um, and, and the fear, then, is that the, the left will have a permanent majority in politics uh, because they will keep that faucet on ad infinitum, right? It, it would be probably as logical for them to go down to maternity wards, wards and hospitals and not allow Democrats to give birth to children because they're possibly may vote more likely more likely to vote democrat than than republican and yeah. only allow republicans to give birth to children it's a foolishly they're going the opposite way right because the, yeah. the left is like aborting all their kids and they're like no don't do that we want more <laughs> left voters in the future 
Well, that's why they need to import them because they're aborting them. <laughs> well, that's why the left needs to, but the right should just let it happen. Yeah, but uh, well, one, they, they don't have the right to vote. Okay, so they so they presumably they're going to have them all vote illegally. You know, but you know, but that uh, because they don't have the right to vote until they're in their their citizens, and citizenship is years and years away. And there's actually plenty of evidence that that immigrants are more likely to vote conservative because they're they're much more hardworking and and diligent people un, uh, unfavorable towards democratic pro programs than than um, the native-born population. So I'd, I'd say that uh, well, but it, it doesn't have to be real. It only has to be their uh, the panic perception of what what they're doing. And so they're not doing it on the basis of human rights. They're doing it on the basis of their fear of how people may vote in the future. So they might as well go down to maternity wards and prevent Democrats from having birth. So, again, here's a headline that's about a year old, February 13th, 2003. Senators take aim at Biden's support for bill giving illegals Chinese Communist Party members right to vote. House passed bipartisan resolution last week disapproving D.C. Civil Council bill that would let non-citizens vote. So they are trying it. Right, it got shot down a year ago, but it's that's the plan, man. What was it? Where did the Chinese communists come in in this? Because they're it was part of the bill. Hold on, I'm gonna. I don't want to read the whole article. Senator, I don't know which senator, but this is uh, February 13, 2003. Senators take aim at Biden's support for a bill giving illegals and Chinese Communist Party members the right to vote. Subheadline: House passed bipartisan resolution last week disapproving of D.C. Council bill that would let non-citizens vote. And they're saying that Biden supports that bill. That's well, the that's the claim in the headline. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's it's not the only one. It's the one I could quickly get a hold of to to bolster the case. Right. So so I'm not making stuff up. Right. And this is not conspiracy theory coming from the right. Right. This, yeah, well, I, I this don't is like it the when play. People, people already hear vote too, so yeah. <laughs> it does. It doesn't matter to me so much. I, and and I've said this before, but if if our government is so weak and our laws are so weak that uh, you know having extra voters here, uh, ch you know, completely change the way things work, then it should change because it's 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 a you know. It's basically, I think the Constitution's already failed. So what's the difference? We're going <laughs> to acceler accelerate the the uh, the uh, destruction of whatever's left of the Constitution, and it will just it'll just have to be done somewhere else, you know, or not. You know, yeah. maybe they can do it in Argentina, and maybe it'll spread from there. But you know, once it's completely snuffed out, then maybe it'll just be you know slavery for humans for you know. Uh, the rest of humanity. Yeah, and that's fine. There are, you know, there are right-wing accelerationists. There are libertarian accelerationists, right? Let's make things so bad that the state collapses, and then no, I'm then saying we it's can not rebuild. It's it's just going to happen. If and if that's what they want, then well, I'm saying the Constitution's already failed, so it doesn't. I agree. It doesn't matter. But this is. This we're 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 making this this is in specifically is an immigration thing, right? Why do they want to stop immigrants from coming in, aside from you know racism, right? And that's it because 
because the plan, the, the obvious plan, the written plan, the declared plan from the left, right, is to import enough immigrants to outvote Republicans by getting them to vote Democrat, by showing them how racist and uh, what's the other, you know, how, you know, whatever, how racist the Republican side of things, how they hate you when you come across the border and come running into the open arms of the left and the Democrats and help us keep those racist Republicans out of power. And here, we'll pass laws when we're in power to make sure that you get a vote, even if you're here illegally, right? Like, again, I'm not making it up. It's not conspiracy theory. It's, it, it's in black and white. That's their play. So when you, know, when you talk about why, why they don't want them coming here, it's, it's because that's what will happen. And MC, you seem to acknowledge that that's what will happen, but you know, that as far as an accelerationist program is a good thing. Right. It will push further for secession and further for national divorce, which is what we want anyway. So let's bring them all in for that reason. <laughs> I think they could more effectively counter the, okay, okay, the presumption is someone coming into the country will vote the way people who treat them well. Well, then why don't the conservatives say, let's treat them well by allowing them to get jobs and to get um, paychecks then because conservatives are treating them so well they'll vote conservative <laughs> that would be a smart move you're absolutely right let the let them come in let them work well because the, most of them are racist and they and they want to send them back to where they came from that's probably yeah, I also think that's true. that's the ultimate thing you know it could be the ultimate thing but it's it's also not at the forefront right it's it's it can be veiled racism uh but the racist term has been bandied about so much, it's almost useless when you have evidence of other things, right? If, if your concern is that they're overwhelmed politics and take the country into a, social, into a socialist hellhole, right, and they shout, you're just racist, you know, what are you going to do, right? You, you can either be the racist and go like, well, no, but here, yeah, fine, if you want to call me racist, but here's the real reason. Right, or you're defending the racism aspect of it, in which case they're still going to win the argument because they've they've shouted racist first. Well, I guess the defining point was where were they moving with their massive truck convoy to the Canadian border to block all those socialist no, Canadians those, from coming across no, the, the border? border. <laughs> right, the southern border because yeah. that's Hispanics instead of um, well, and, and there's not a mass influx of Canadians lining up at the Northern Wall, as, as far as well, I know. But actually, they, there are. They, they come and go readily, easily. And that's the reason that, that they don't come in any um, great flood across, because they know they can come and go. They go back and forth. And the same thing used to happen in the southern border. The, when people could come and go from across the Mexican border, they were much more likely to go home and leave their families back in, in Mexico and take okay. go back home. But once they, the wall went up, then the, the, the flood increased because they said, well, now we can't go back and forth. We can't go visit our families and, and so on. So now we have to bring our families and stay in the north. Okay. I, I haven't, I've, I've seen no reports of Canadian convoys, right? Like you, like you see coming up, not just not just the Mexican border, but like through Mexico, right? From from 
you know, even further south, you know, Honduras or yeah, whatever. That's that's what that's what KS is saying is because the border is open on the north that they don't have that problem. Well, if okay, but the border's not as open on the north. If you're saying that they come and go, it's because they're crossing the border, you know, like much like I went to Canada to go to Niagara Falls and then left 3 days later. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking to stay in Canada extended. I wasn't looking to move to Canada illegally, right? And I, if you're saying that the ca- people on the Canadian border are coming and going, it's because that's not the, they don't have the same goal as the immigrants at the southern border. A lot of Canadians live and work in the United States, and um, on a, and on, a, on, a on a work visa basis. or illegally picking out apples and oranges or apples up here. Well, I'm, for for what work they do, I don't know whether it's picking apples, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a, it was maybe a bad example, but you get the idea. If if they, if Canadians are coming over the American border to work, and they have a work visa, right? Now you're talking about a legal situation that doesn't exist for the Mexicans and South Americans crossing the border uh, in Texas. Right. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. You, you can't make that comparison because one of the qualifying terms that people bandy about about the southern border crossing is they're doing it illegally. There's a, a um, Canadian wrestler who was like banned in America for like five years because he didn't wait to get his visa. And he came and he wrestled five years ago or six years ago now, whatever it happened to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And they and they found out that he came in and wrestled before his paperwork was complete, and it was mm-hmm. some big show that he really wanted to be on. So he said, "You know, fuck it, I'm gonna go wrestle." And they kicked him out for five years, and for five years he couldn't come on, couldn't, he couldn't wrestle in America. And you know what he did? He stayed in Canada, right, until his five year penalty was up, and then he he went out and got his work visa again, and now he wrestles in America again, right? Mm-hmm. I would say. For one thing, the wait list for someone to get a visa is a lot shorter because they process them much more readily uh, from Canada. Uh, the wait list, you know, maybe years, maybe 20, 30 years before you, you know, you could qualify for a work visa from, from Mexico. Every country has different quotas as well. So it's, uh, it's an entirely different uh, comparison. Yeah. Well, that's what but I'm we saying. All, we all break the law to save time. That's why 90% of the people speed, go over the speed limit on highways because we're all trying to save minutes of our time. And if we were trying to save years of our time, we'd be willing to do more risky, illegal uh, things. Um, but, you know, then yeah, I get everybody it. I don't, does it. I don't care yeah. what the motive is. I'm just saying it's, it's you're hard-pressed to compare, you know, the Honduran refugees with the Canadian workers as to which one is able to cross the border more freely and send money back to their home country or go home for the weekend or whatever it happens to be, right? Like no also, no one's worried about the Canadians coming in uh, because, as you said, they go home. Yeah, yeah. because they can, they can more readily come back and forth, you know. Yeah. Go visit their families. You, you see the same thing in Hawaii, right? Uh, that used to be the trope, come visit us, but then go home. We don't. <laughs> we don't want you tourists becoming locals. You're a tourist. Mm-hmm. Go home. Mm-hmm. Same rhetoric. Same idea. Bring us your money, 
and then leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's, you know, and, and the one thing that I wanted to touch on with this story, and I'll do it briefly since we're pressed for time now, um, the honeypot issue, I think, was the biggest thing. And it is my general belief um, that a lot of resistance is thwarted up front uh, because the FBI infiltrates everything, right? Like you, you see it in the liberty movement. It was part of the problem with the, uh, the Michigan militia movement, right? The, the FBI gets in, destroys the movement from the inside, and then when you have legitimate, uh, legitimate protests— Right then, then the there's fear that the FBI is already infiltrated, um, and it's a chilling effect for for legitimate protests. Right, even if you don't agree with the the God's Army trucker convoy, right? If it's a protest, it's allowed, um, and the chilling effect is that they the people who would ordinarily go protest feared that they would be targeted for FBI harassment should they do so, and I don't like that chilling effect. That needs that needs to be broken, right? I'm amazed that the FBI has that much resources. They can do all this stuff all the time. Are they, are they so well funded and so well. They just steal your money, money, KS. I mean, so, some of the funding. people uh, are uh, just re- recruited by the FBI. So a lot of them are just volunteers. Mm-hmm. So they might agree mm-hmm. with whatever position the FBI has. They're like. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Okay, I'll go disrupt whatever, and 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 that's probably it. Might be a situation that that Ray Epps was in. He might not have been, you know, uh, on the payroll. Yeah, on the payroll. He he might have just been like, you know, so, somebody. Yeah, he he might have been somebody who's anti-Trump that wanted to make Trump look bad. And mm. and oh look, the FBI said, hey, like you're this previous, you know, military guy. You know, you understand how this. Stuff works, you know. Why don't, why don't you go do it? He's like, yeah, I or, I, I I orchestrated that, you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and bragged about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It makes a chilling effect because you don't know. Then you don't know, and then you don't part do. Of the, or, yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. You don't you don't know if there's an infiltrator, and then you don't take any you don't take any of the necessary steps to rein in the power of your federal government. The uh, chair state. of the Libertarian Party in Hawaii made a video saying that um, the Libertarian and the Republican Party of Hawaii uh, have both been infiltrated by uh, FBI and CIA. There you go. uh, And it's not necessarily the same situation again. It's not necessarily people that are actually getting a paycheck from FBI, but uh, people that... uh, Collaborators. Collaborators and and have been given uh, like fake permission to do things. So they say, oh yeah, you can, you know, t- tell a crazy person that they have the authority to spy on people, and then they'll just go and do it. You know, <laughs> it's like they they don't they don't need the authority from the F- FBI or CIA to do that, but um, t- tell them that they have a special privilege, and then that just emboldens them. And then oh look, they think they're they think they're uh, you know special agents, uh, you know doing yeah uh, doing the government's work, and so they feel good about it. And we'll have to save solutions for another day. Uh, final thoughts? Nope. Nope. All right. That'll do it for us then. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha.